this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you for joining me. So in today's show, I have some knitting to catch you up on, a new book to tell you about, a great knitting story to share, and a podcast announcement at the end that I hope that you will stay tuned for. But first things first, it's time to announce the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 96 was entered to win a signed copy of Carrie Bostick Hogue's latest book, Swoon, Maine, that I featured last time. I randomly chose between the comments left and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Sally, or Soaky Knitter, on Ravelry. Congratulations, Sally. I'll be in touch with you shortly to get your shipping information and to get your book mailed out to you right away. To everyone else who entered, thank you so much for participating, and please don't give up. There will be another drawing for you to enter later on in this episode. And you never know, maybe next time I'll be calling your name as the winner. So about my knitting. I'm happy to say I've been knitting quite a bit lately and have been purely indulging in personal projects, which feels really good. I finished the pair of Lily slipper flats for my daughter that I spoke about last time. And good news, they fit. I picked out some buttons from my shop To put on the top, I picked out these stitchable little owl buttons that are so adorable. And you stitch into the eyes of the owl to connect them to your garment, or in this case, the slippers. They turned out really, really sweet, and my daughter loves them. She's so excited about them that when I finished just one slipper, she wanted to wear it to bed. Just one slipper. I'm not sure why she's been so obsessed with these, but I'm feeling kind of like a bad mom for not finishing them sooner. Remember that I knit them tighter on purpose than the pattern specified because my daughter does have smaller feet because she is only 10 years old. So I used the same yarn, but I used a needle that I think was two or three sizes smaller than the pattern called for. So... They were kind of hard to knit, and I think that's why it took me so long, because they really hurt my hands when I was knitting them, because I was knitting them so tightly. And when I finally cast off and held up the finished slipper, it was so small, and I was really, really concerned that it wouldn't fit at all. But fortunately, it actually turned out perfect, because these are made from 100% wool, and they really stretch. If I would have made the slipper to just fit her right when it was cast off, it would have just stretched out with time and then just fallen off her feet. So I'm actually really glad that I did it this way. I think that they're going to wear better and they just stretch over her foot and they just look super cute. I'm really happy with how these turned out. Also lately in my knitting, I've just been craving color work shawls. And to be honest, that's really not me. It's really not my aesthetic at all. 
But I think that the constant stream of pictures of colorful shawls on Ravelry has slowly worn me down. They just look so fun to knit. Recently, when I was having sort of a bad day, I went on Ravelry determined to cast on something just for me and to use up some of this beautiful hand-dyed yarn that's been languishing in my stash for years. There are so many options for patterns on Ravelry, and it was really hard to choose, but I decided to make an Ashburn shawl for myself, which is this very long asymmetrical wrap that changes color and texture as you knit. And it's out of fingering weight yarn, which is great because I have a lot of beautiful hand-dyed fingering weight yarn in my stash. I'm about halfway through the Ashburn shawl now, and it has really been fun. I chose a dark teal and kind of a multi-color variegated yarn that has a range of teals and greens and orange. And then the final color is just a really pretty orange. So it all kind of works together. And I think that it'll be really pretty in the fall. That being said, there were a few other shawl patterns that really caught my eye and I'm trying to restrain myself from casting all of them on, like right now. The three others I just love are the crazy magic boomerang pattern, the pattern called Mrs. Watson, and also the little big wrap. You should definitely check these out. I'll be putting a link in the show notes to each of them. I have yarn picked out for all of these shawls, and someday I'm gonna have four beautiful, colorful shawls that I will love knitting, but may never actually really wear. We'll see. Another thing I'm knitting is a surprise project as a display for my little shop. It's easy, it's mindless, and you will never guess what it is. All I can say is that when it's done, it's going to be so incredibly awesome. I can't wait. As far as shop news goes, We're all currently knee-deep in wildflower care package supplies and are working hard to get everything assembled and get these beautiful kits mailed out. Now these are the kits I spoke about in the last episode, and thank you to everyone who ordered one. You'll be receiving it in the mail soon, and I really hope you love it. I also want to tell you that we will be participating in the Splash Pad Party knit-along hosted by Jen from the Down Cellar Studio podcast. We're not only donating a prize to the Knit Along, but we'll be releasing an exclusive fun product for summer knitting. So be sure to listen to episode 87 of the Down Cellar Studio podcast for more information about this fun Knit Along or to visit their Ravelry group. It's seriously going to be so much fun. There are so many prizes to win, and it looks like a lot of enthusiastic participation. Speaking of podcasts, one of the non-knitting related podcasts I listened to just released an episode about knitting, and I thought I would share it with all of you. The podcast is called Stuff You Missed in History Class, and the episode title is Knitting's Early History. I really enjoyed it, and I hope that you'll give it a listen. I'll put a link to the episode in my podcast show notes for you. Finally, my update for you on my new book, Baby Botanicals, is that unfortunately, 
there is no update. My graphic designer and technical editors are still working on it, so I know that it'll be released in the next few months, but I'm still not quite sure when. But hopefully I'll have an update for you soon. I did post a pretty cute preview of the patterns on my website though, so be sure to check that out because these sweaters are so adorable in tiny sizes. So in this episode, I have another beautiful book to share with you. A few months back when I was at the Stitches West show, I had the pleasure of meeting Joanna Johnson. Now, not only is she a super talented designer, but her and her husband create and publish the most charming books for children. Each book centers around an animal family with knitting woven throughout. There are even knitting patterns included in the back of the book for you to create the characters and their knitted outfits from the story, along with matching outfits for your own children. Joanna writes the stories and designs the adorable patterns, and her husband Eric does the illustrations. And let me just tell you, the illustrations in these books are very special. Some of my favorite children's book illustrations I've ever come across. And being a mom of two, I've read a lot of children's books. So when I met Joanna at the show, we were wearing the same shirt, which is a funny side point. But we also did a children's book swap. I gave her a copy of our children's book that we published, Annie and the Swiss Cheese Scarf, and she gave me a copy of their latest children's book, Henry's Hat. And since that time, I've read Henry's Hat more times than I can count to my children, and we all love it. I bought Joanna and Eric's first book, Phoebe's Sweater, for my kids a few years back, and we really enjoyed it. But we all love Henry's Hat even more because the story is so cute. I'll read the little promo about it from the Slate Falls Press website. It says, This fourth knitting storybook from Slate Falls Press introduces a brand new character, Henry the Chipmunk. While helping his family store up food for winter, Henry loses his favorite hand-knit hat. Will he find it in time to play the first football game of the season? Join Henry as he visits the animal of his woodland neighborhood to solve the mystery of the missing hat. I figure that as soon as I have my fill of colorful knitted shawls, I definitely want to knit this adorable hat for my son that's included in the story. He's just the right age that he can really appreciate it, and I think that it will really make him feel a part of the book, which would be really cute. So if you're like me and you have little ones in your life and love to introduce them to knitting every chance you get and get strangely excited every time knitting is mentioned in a book, you're going to love Slate Falls Press and the sweet little story of Henry's hat. I couldn't recommend it more. Joanna has kindly contributed a signed copy of Henry's hat to this episode's drawing giveaway. So if you'd like to enter to win, please leave a comment under the show notes for this episode. That's episode 97. And please leave your comment by May 15th. And be sure to leave your contact information because I will be contacting the winner directly. I have to tell you, even accomplished, talented knitters like Joanna have had knitting mishaps in their past. I would like to share the story of one such mishap. 
in this episode's knitting story, kindly provided by Joanna Johnson. This is her story entitled, The Sasquatch Sweater. They say many people learn to knit twice. Once when you are a child and a family member or friend shows you how, and a second time when you are an adult and going through a life change of some sort, like a move, new job, illness, or crisis. For me, I don't remember learning to knit the first time, kind of like I don't remember learning to read. It was just something that was always around me. My mother knit sweaters for herself through high school. She knit sweaters in college, including the sweater curse cable knit sweater she made for her boyfriend, David, who broke up with her right after she gave it to him. You might be happy to know that the breakup didn't last too long. David is my dad, and my parents are getting ready to celebrate their 48th wedding anniversary. My paternal grandmother was a veritable knitting machine making socks, mittens, hats, gloves, and scarves for her children and grandchildren at a rapid rate. And my maternal great-grandmother was an incredibly gifted knitter and lace maker. When I was 22 years old, I inherited her stash of wool yarn, tiny, neatly wound balls of coarse wool and a bright variety of colors. That was my learning to knit the second time. I was in that awkward, I just finished college, what do I do with my life now phase. I had no idea what I was going to do. Except that I wanted it to be with this guy Eric that I was spending a lot of time with. I did not knit him a sweater curse sweater, but I did knit him a bright striped scarf out of that colorful yarn from my great-grandmother. And 17 years later, he still wears it. Yeah, you guessed it, Eric is my husband and was soon to be the recipient of my very first sweater and greatest knitting mistake of all time, the Sasquatch sweater. It was the year 2000. We had gotten married, moved 1,800 miles from home, were living in a tiny apartment, and I was newly expecting our first child. I was lonely, bored, and very tired. I worked part-time at a little storefront that sold glass Christmas ornaments imported from Germany. It was a very quiet shop. I spent most of my time there trying not to fall asleep while sitting behind the counter waiting for someone, anyone, to come into the shop. I had time on my hands and decided to knit my man a sweater. I purchased a vast quantity of navy blue plasticky red heart yarn from the superstore. At the time, the only knitting patterns I had access to came from Debbie Bliss and Joe Sharp books that I checked out at the local library found a great pattern for a simple roll-neck men's pullover sweater in a Joe Sharp book. I didn't realize that my yarn choice already had me at a great disadvantage. I didn't know that there was just no way my sweater would look anything like the beautiful garment in the book, which was knitting up in a stunning rustic Australian wool. I just grabbed some long aluminum needles from my collection from my mom and cast on. I didn't measure my husband. I didn't knit a swatch. I didn't check my gauge. I just knit and knit and knit. It was a stockinette sweater worked back and forth, and I began with the sweater front. I sat behind the counter in that little shop and just knit the days away. My husband's about six feet tall, 160 pounds, pretty fit. He's probably about 38 inches around. My gauge was so off 
that the sweater front was 40 inches wide. The owner of the ornament shop was a very capable knitter and stopped in one day to receive a shipment. She took one look at my knitting and said, Who is that for? I said, My husband. And she just shook her head and said, Well, it looks awfully big, and walked away. Hmm, I thought, and just kept on knitting. I knit that entire sweater in a few short weeks. Let me say it was a very well-written pattern. The instructions for the bodice were written in terms of inches, so I did happen to get the length right from the bottom hem up to the shoulder, but the sweater was twice as big around as it needed to be, uh, and the sleeves were knit from the cuff up to the shoulder with gentle increases by row count as you went, so they turned out to be twice as long as they needed to be. I still had no idea how wrong this all was. I just kept on knitting and seamed it all together, blissful and clueless. Can you picture it? The sweater was twice as wide as my husband, but the right length at the hip. And the sleeves were too wide and came clear down to his knees. It was ridiculous and funny. Well, now it's funny. At the time, I was heartsick over the wasted hours and weeks I spent on it. I couldn't even give it away. It would fit no human on earth. The proportions were so totally off, I decided this sweater would fit no one but a Sasquatch. Thus, we named it the Sasquatch Sweater. To this day, it is my biggest knitting regret that I did not keep that sweater. I balled it up and wadded up plastic shopping bag and stuffed it in the back of the closet. And that Sasquatch sweater moved with us from that apartment to our next rental and even into the house that we live in now. And one day, without ceremony or recognition of any kind, I just threw it in the trash. I did not even get a photograph of my husband in it. We still talk about the Sasquatch sweater from time to time, and once I learned my very painful lesson in the importance of gauge, well, my husband now owns three or four lovely sweaters that I have made for him that fit him perfectly. I even made him the exact cable knit sweater my mom made for her boyfriend David back in college, and it fits Eric great. Thank you so much, Joanna, for sharing that with us. I'll be posting a link to Joanna's website and Ravelry page in this episode's show notes. If you listening enjoyed hearing from Joanna, and it reminded you of your own unfortunate knitting mishap, I invite you to please get in touch. I would love to hear your story and possibly share it on a future podcast episode. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode and all episodes of Never Not Knitting can be found over on my website at nevernotknitting.com under the podcast tab. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. And I'm also over on Ravelry under the name Never Not Knitting. Before I close today's episode, I have one more announcement to share. If you are a longtime listener, you may know that I started this podcast back in 2008, eight years ago now, when my daughter was only two. In fact, it's her little two-year-old voice that you hear in the theme song at the end of every episode. Over the years, my daughter has kind of grown up on the podcast. If you go through back episodes, you'll hear a lot from her sprinkled throughout the past eight years. So over the years, I've really made it a goal to keep the Never Not Knitting podcast on the subject of knitting. 
I've been a longtime podcast listener myself, and one of the reasons I decided to start my own podcast is I was frustrated by listening to other knitting podcasts that turned into really talking about personal things and never really a lot about knitting. So it's always been my goal to keep it on topic. And because of that, I have not really shared much about my personal life. Something that I have not told you is that my daughter was born with, among other things, a serious heart defect called Tetralogy of Fallot. This required her to have open heart surgery as an infant. My daughter is now 10 and has grown up to be such a smart, talented, kind-hearted girl and has done really well health-wise, so well that we kind of forgot she had a problem. But recently she started having trouble again and unfortunately will need a heart valve replacement surgery next month and may need more surgery this summer. So because of this, I'm going to have to take a little break from the podcast. It might be one month or it might be a bit more. I'm sure that you listening understand that this is a heartbreaking thing to watch your child go through and I need a little bit of extra time to support my daughter right now. This isn't a fun situation, but we have a lot of support and we'll get through it and I'm sure she will start feeling better really soon. So thank you for your understanding. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop rubbing again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry, no pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project She says, 
Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.